This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Hundreds of migrants are living at police stations across the city, many of them sleeping on lobby floors surrounded by other families and all their belongings. Some stations are so short on space that people sit outside the doors for hours every day. But all that could change soon. Mayor Brandon Johnson now plans to move those migrants into their own tent camps, similar to the massive tents in New York City, each housing a thousand people with hundreds of cots lined up one by one. Meanwhile, Johnson's preparing to release his budget forecast for Chicago tomorrow. Each week, we turn to WBEZ city government and politics reporters Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg for an update on this new administration's progress. And Mariah started us off this time by telling us more about what these winterized base camps will look like. This is a solution to a problem Johnson has been talking about for a long time, which is, you know, nearly 2,000 asylum seekers right now staying in police stations, sleeping on floors and in airports. The city has tried to pursue opening mass shelters um, in brick and mortar buildings and has done so successfully um, for the most part, but hasn't been able to keep up with the pace of migrants coming to the city. And so instead of waiting to buy or rent out big spaces, they're trying to prop up these temporary tent-like structures, which Mm -hmm. we don't really know what they're made of or what they'll look like. Um, You know, we saw a rendering based on a presentation given to Alderman, and you kind of described it right, you know, rows of cots. Um, The city also says that uh, they'll either be equipped with showers or showers nearby. Um, And then... And I'm assuming they're warm inside. And then, yeah, equipped with air conditioning and heating. Um, But yeah, yet it it remains to be seen, you know, what the conditions in these shelters will be like. I mean, is it going to be warm enough for a Chicago winter? And, um, you know, is it going to be able to withstand elements like rainstorms? Mm-hmm. You know, we saw problems like that in New York. And so um, really a lot of details missing right now from this plan. And it's mm-hmm. very much in the beginning stages and a lot of questions um, still about what these kind of base camps will look like. Well, Tessa, did you all get any indication as to when you could get more details on this? No, that was something I think, you know, older persons who were briefed on this had lots of questions of, you know, when is this going to happen? You know, what do you need from us as city council members to approve? Um, You know, how much is this going to cost? I think lots of questions like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think we're, you know, waiting to see the details 
tells it was something I think uh, Mary Johnson, you know, when talking with the Sun Times, when he revealed this plan, hinted out of you know things there might be sacrifices have to made and yeah. things on the table to be able to pay for this, uh, according to the presentation that they gave all the persons when they were recapping, you know, how much the city has spent since August of last year on this responding to this crisis, and you know, including what it estimates it would spend on setting up these new sites. It was upwards of three hundred, you know, and one million dollars. Wow. Um, so it's it's you know a costly plan, but yeah. what they say, you know, saying of there's no good options right now and that we need to do something. We need to do something. Now, just to clarify these camps, they would only be for asylum seekers who are in the police stations? Correct. Well, yeah, they're they're for new arrivals. And okay. so, um, yeah, the first immediate priority is to get people out of police stations. And so that's around 2,000 people right now. And then the goal is to not use police stations at all as a point of intake. So instead of going to a police station, buses coming to Chicago, planes, Instead of staying at airports, instead of staying at police stations, new arrivals would go to base camps. To these base camps. Uh, why not open up another shelter? Well, it's hard to do. It's expensive. You you know, the city has been looking at big box stores, colleges, you know, big recreation centers, and has been successful in opening. Um, you know, I think Johnson's floor leader, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, said yesterday this mayor at the beginning of his term started opening one shelter every nine days like that pace is incredible and blah 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 and that was I mean that was a huge that is remains to be a huge priority for um, the mayor like just this week aldermen are going to be asked to approve purchasing a former marine corps training facility that will be turned into a new shelter so they are still working to get brick and mortar shelters open um but yes like it's cost it's costly to do um and it takes a lot of time to work that work it through the legislative process when necessary um sometimes the city has to you know go through the legislative process and get things approved by older people mm-hmm. and sometimes you know if it if it owns the building and can just open a shelter there then they always don't have to do that but it's kind of a two-pronged yeah. approach I'm still sorting through the details we have and don't have. So any indication as to where exactly the camps are going to be and and how many were opening up these tent camps? That still remains to be seen. Okay. That was something all the persons were asked to help identify. Not even a neighborhood? No, yeah, they were all kind of stuff wow. were asked okay. to, you know, help us find plots of land, areas we can maybe set these up. You know, it did seem from the presentation given to all the persons indicating of, you know, a preference would be city-owned or, or public land where it's much easier to quickly set this up. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the Johnson administration, you know, they've been really prioritizing trying to do things in tandem with community. And so I'm sure we'll see maybe opportunities for residents yeah. to weigh in. It's been heated debates, you know, uh, when it comes to the existing shelters. So I'm sure that will also play a role in maybe where some of these end up being located. Yeah, we do know that they are trying to just make this more than just housing. Right, Mariah? There, there's supposed to be some educational programming. Yeah, so they've issued... so. The city has been wanting to move away from just paying, you know, gobs of money to national staffing firms to staff shelters. Um, They want to move to community-based organizations staffing those shelters. So they've issued what's called an RFP, a request for proposals, where they put out, you know, what criteria a community-based organization would have to fulfill if they are awarded a contract and some of that criteria was providing three meals a day, having enough Spanish speaking staff to interact with migrants, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think they really want to save money on staffing. They want to pull the money that they're spending for just basic staffing yeah. 
and use that money to increase the number of resources that are available at shelters, you know, getting people linked with, you know, asylum seeking attorneys and all the resources that you need when you arrive in a new city, um, especially in a new city where you don't speak the language. And so, yes, I think they're trying to make it more holistic by by awarding contracts to local community based organizations who understand the ins and outs of getting people acclimated in the city. I mean, and you and I have talked so many times about the conditions at these police stations and what life has really been like for these folks as they come in. I mean, I was just talking a few days ago about driving by a a station on the north side and seeing folks literally sitting, you know, on the sidewalk near the bus stop. And like that was their home, right? Air mattresses, et cetera, just laid out. would you say it's fair to say that these camps, these tent camps that we're talking about and know little about, but uh, would they be an improvement from day to day at the police station? Yeah, I think, you know, having, you know, a place where you can be indoors, have a bed. I think that's something, you know, some privacy maybe is something a lot of people are seeking. But, you know, some of the asylum seekers we've talked to, you know, at the 12th District, for example, early mm-hmm. in the summer, they chose to live outside you know, intense outside the police station saying rather you know, than being inside. Yeah. Rather than being inside, rather than being in a shelter. So I don't think there's necessarily, you know, maybe a one size fits all solution for each person. Um, and, you know, I think we've seen varying conditions depending on the police station folks are at, you know, how, how the volunteer maybe support they have, what their interactions with, you know, police look like. Um, so I think there's, I think there is a lot to remains to be seen of, yeah. you know, how this will really change things if it's kind of a comprehensive approach or if we'll see really varying conditions maybe at these sites. Does he have a safety plan? I think that, so the Johnson administration gave a presentation to city council members Friday and continued into this week talking about their kind of five-step approach to moving into this next phase of supporting migrants. And so the first step is to replace police stations with base camps. Um, The second step is to improve safety and shelter operations. And from the slideshow that we reviewed, that step will include a comprehensive quote community safety strategy okay and so i do think that part of the rfp um might also be having a security plan and so that that is something the administration is fully aware of and it's necessary yeah, yeah yeah so i i do think that that is i mean a top priority in this five step plan at least that we saw outlined but a plan that also, yeah, like lacks detail right now in terms of what mm-hmm. the public's understanding. So according to recent numbers from the city, thousands of people are being housed at facilities run by the city, another couple hundred at O'Hare. I understand there are also many migrants still waiting for housing. So can you talk more about that, Tessa? Like how many folks are on this wait list and what are their options right now? Yeah, there's, you know, the shelters that are kind of at capacity with yeah. thousands upon thousands of folks at them who are, you know, waiting for spots, you know, hopefully to get into more permanent housing. Um, but, you know, wait lists for rental assistance can be long. There's just a lot of logistical steps that go into, you know, help finding a landlord, touring apartments, getting that that funding uh, through the door. Um, and so then we see this backlog of folks who are still then at police stations and airports. And so it's kind of this whole, mm. you know, chain of events. The mayor's administration has talked a lot about wanting folks to be able to be self-sustainable yeah. and that housing and doing that is a big role of getting folks onto that path. And, and do we know how long the, the wait for housing usually is? I mean, outside of this migrant crisis? I I mean, months and months. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no shorter than six months, I would say. Very uh, a long wait list. 
what's been the response to this plan from other city leaders? So what else are alder persons saying? Yeah, you know, um, when I spoke with Alderman David Moore right after he had uh, attended last week's briefing, he had a lot of questions. He was, you know, frustrated that felt like alder persons couldn't ask questions in real time. So he felt like he had lots of questions still unanswered of what do you need from city council members to do this? You know, he raised, you know, at any point, are we going to say, you know, we can't handle any more folks like, Mm -hmm. you know, pointing to how New York's mayor uh, sort of did. And so I think there's lots of questions. Some older persons have raised concerns about, you know, the description of these being like camps, you know, make that kind of raises, you know, uh, conjures pictures like refugee camps or, you know, I'm from California, made me think of, you know, Japanese internment camps when mm. you hear that word. Yes. Um, so I think there's questions, yeah, about how are we going to humanely do this as well? Um, but overall, it sounds like, you know, folks are, you know, really feeling the city's out of options and that mm. something needs to be done rather than nothing. And so that right now, this is the, the best step forward. How is this being funded, Mariah? Well, that is another question. Um, you know, the city is going to spend by the end of the year, at least $255 million on supporting new arrivals. That's, you know, from August of last year when buses started arriving to December of this year. And that could rise to $300 million with new shelters. Uh. Um, and so, you know, Johnson's budget forecast is coming out tomorrow Will yeah. he w- where he will announce the city's budget deficit. I imagine this is playing a role in what the city's budget deficit will be. Yeah. Um, yeah, tax increases and budget cuts, I mean, they're, they're not completely ruled out here. No, and when I hear a mayor a few days before his budget forecast coming out saying, you know, Chicagoans are going to have to make sacrifices, particularly a mayor who campaigned on not raising property taxes, it definitely, to me, signals he is priming residents for some sort of increase. And, you know, that's just my opinion. You yeah. know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. And, you know, he might not announce um, whether he's going to increase property taxes tomorrow. He could wait. But tomorrow, the main news will be what the budget deficit is. And then next month in his budget address, he'll talk about how he's going to close that budget mm. gap. But to answer your question, um, where that funding is going to come from, we don't know. And I think that's kind of what, you know, council members, their main question was. Yeah. Um, and, and in these conversations that you're having with the mayor or just these press conferences, et cetera, I mean, is there talk about Chicago's current unhoused population, right? Does that, do you get the sense, and I'm asking you both this, that that's still a priority? Yeah, it's one of his main priorities is pushing through Bring Chicago Home, which would, you know, implement or it would ask voters whether they want to implement a tiered tax system, um, a real estate tax, an increased real estate tax of on properties over one million dollars when they're sold. Yeah. And that would be to fund homeless prevention um, like supportive housing for Chicago's existing homeless population. So when I asked his floor leader, you know, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, like, are are the city's existing unhoused residents going to be welcome in mm-hmm. these shelters? He didn't say directly no, but he said these shelter, you know, these camps are going to be geared directly towards newcomers because the services that people need are are different, and congregate housing isn't always the best, and you know. So, um, mm-hmm. yes, they're trying to do both and then and then, you know, highlighted how they really have a yes and prior- situation. Yes, prioritize bring Chicago home, um, which they'll introduce on Thursday. Yeah. What so. questions remain for you, Tessa, about just about the city's financial state and, and this budget deficit? 
that we've got going on. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see uh, what Mayor Brandon Johnson's, you know, anticipated deficit is. You know, former Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know, when she was leaving office and walking out the door, said she left him with a $85 million uh, budget gap, which was, um, you know, much smaller than anticipated. So I think it'll be interesting to see if those numbers hold up, if yeah. things have changed since then. Um, and yeah, how the city's going to continue to to pay for you know, housing folks and just this, the clip of new arrivals that just seems to not be letting up. Absolutely. We've been talking with Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel, city government and politics reporters for WBEZ. Thank you both so much. Thanks for having us. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason. It was edited by Dan Tucker and Brenda Ruiz. Stay up to date on the big moves happening in City Hall at WBEZ.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again later today. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.